welcome back to Talk Talk. I'm Emily Osan, and I'm your host for this episode. I'm really excited because I've just started a new series based on the 35 different TOK exhibition prompts. And the first one I want to get started with is number one, what counts as knowledge? This is a really great question because it's really the fundamental starting point of TOK. And it's one we return to as we go through the course, because just thinking about lines around what counts as knowledge and what doesn't count as knowledge is really fundamental. So let me just get started with it. Um, For some of the other episodes that follow, I've asked other people to join me, but for this episode, I'm just going to get started on my own. So when I think about this question, what counts as knowledge, it strikes me that there needs to be some sort of criterion for determining what does and what doesn't count as knowledge. Um, I think usually when you Google or you search for what counts as knowledge or what um, what is knowledge, you get, um, you get Plato's justified true belief as... Uh, one of the starting points. So anything, a claim about something we know must be justified, it must be true, and it must be be believed by someone somewhere. And I think this is a good starting point, uh, but I don't think it's quite enough. The problem, though, with justified true belief is that it doesn't encompass all kinds of knowledge. Like, for example, experiential knowledge or skills. So knowing how to do something. It's not really justified. It's not true. It's, it's not really believed. It's just something that I know how to do. So it, in some ways that doesn't quite answer the question, what counts as knowledge? Because certainly having a skill, knowing how to do something like ride a bicycle or knit a sweater are forms of knowledge. And these kinds of things I think are really important um, to communities that Um, hand down knowledge, pass knowledge from uh, one generation to the next. I think also a good way to answer the question would be to think about facts. So we have skills, we also have facts, things that we can just all agree upon, Um, whether it's like a dictionary as a form of like a place we might record facts about what words mean, for example, or data in terms of numbers of like how many of something there are or statistical information before it's interpreted. I think that's a key thing about facts though, is that they are meant to be interpreted. So on their own, they may not be as valuable of knowledge as the interpretation itself. I think another thing that might count as knowledge are ideas or concepts, and they're different than really skills or facts, because there are things that exist only in the mind. So symbols, for example, or theories, perhaps, that try to explain the way things are. So I think you could think about scientific theories, artistic theories, I think also art movements. These are kind of shared pieces of knowledge. They're really intangible and somewhat difficult to describe, even People, artists, spend their entire lives trying to explain an art movement or to define their own artwork, for example. So there's factual, conceptual, and procedural. There's also empirical 
or a posteriori, meaning that it's knowledge um, derived from experience or observation, similar to empirical, derived from the senses. There's also a priori, which is from reason, logic, deduction. Expert knowledge would be from deep knowledge within a discipline, and empirical knowledge, as I mentioned before, would be from the senses alone. There's also other kinds of knowledge, like encoded knowledge, knowledge that's encoded within symbols, again, that conceptual knowledge, but also personal knowledge, knowledge of oneself. I think all these different types of distinctions, types of knowledge, are ways that we can look at what counts as knowledge. So anything derived from these different types would count as a different kind of knowledge. I think there's also the idea of personal knowledge, things that I only know about myself, things that only I know, perhaps, because I was the only one there, personal in the way that I wouldn't want to share it with others, and they wouldn't know it about me without me telling them or sharing it with them. And again, that's a little bit intangible as well sometimes, knowledge of oneself. I think it's also helpful to ask what does not count as knowledge. And here it's useful to talk about opinions, criteria that goes behind that justification. Opinions on their own are perhaps not knowledge. They're simply what one believes. They lack justification, substantiation. I suppose it could be a coincidence that an opinion might also be knowledge, but on its own, without any kind of other investigation or justification or evidence, it's probably not knowledge yet. So I guess that helps me to say knowledge, some forms of knowledge require evidence. Now, it brings me also to things that we don't know yet. So does it count as knowledge if it hasn't been discovered yet? (laughs) It's kind of like that tree falls in a forest question, isn't it? We know there are things we don't know yet. I think that's also not knowledge yet. It has to be known by someone, has to be understood, has to live in the human mind. Ultimately, I think that is a really nice criterion that it exists within the human mind because it comes back to that question, is is a painting knowledge or is a poem knowledge or is a a science experiment knowledge or a song And I think the answer to all of those is no, they're not on their own. They're the phenomenon that needs to be known and understood. So the painting itself is not knowledge, but the interpretation, the understanding, the meaning that it expresses is knowledge. And that goes really for all the arts, Um, perhaps could be extended to um, science and, and math. I'm not sure. I'd have to think further on that. But... Within the arts, the artist conveys meaning when they create the artwork. And in that way, they are sharing their knowledge. The painting then is the media or the medium through which that knowledge is shared. On the other side, we have the audience who then reads the piece of work, interprets it, and comes up with their own understanding. And that is on the other side, the recipient, the receiving of the knowledge. I think we can also think about past, present, and future, what we used to know, what we currently know now, and we will what we will know in the future. And those are interesting distinctions because in the past, things that we knew 
or we thought to be true, were real, we now don't believe. Much of past knowledge has been overturned, rejected, and replaced with what we now have as present knowledge. And at the moment, we have a body of knowledge shared amongst all different knowledge communities that we are functioning with as if it were the truth. Now, we have to be tentative about that. We have to understand that there, those things, just like past knowledge, will likely be refined and replaced. So we can only hold on so tightly because the future, what we might know in the future, could change just as dr drastically as what has changed from the past. So in some ways, what we don't know yet should still be considered knowledge. Okay, that wraps up my little monologue here for today. This kicks off the first of many episodes, 35 to be precise, on the different prompts. And I will hopefully be having more guests join me as we go through. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this gives you some things to think about and consider in relation to what counts as knowledge. All right, see you next time.